Hey everybody, welcome to That Will Never Work. I never expected to be describing one of my episodes as delicious, but this week that's exactly what I'm going to do, thanks to Christina Fisher and her company, The Messy Cookie. This Portland, Maine business, which began as a home kitchen side hustle, became her full-time gig two years ago, just as the pandemic hit. And while many people would have hit pause, Christina reimagined her offering as the Messy Cookie Home Kit. Big names like Wayfair, eBay, and Apple have jumped on board with this unique virtual team-building exercise. It all seemed so promising. But while she's been able to get in the virtual door with companies once, she's struggled to get repeat business. And Christina really needs those corporate clients to keep her business baking. So how does she convert a product into a brand? Well, that's what I'm going to help her figure out today. Hi, I'm Mark Randolph, co-founder of Netflix and six other companies. Over the years, I've heard that will never work thousands of times, but I've learned there are things we all can do to increase the chances that they will. So join me for That Will Never Work. Welcome to That Will Never Work. I'm actually uh, really excited to chat with you because in the mail just this morning, I got this beautiful little gift box um, of cookies with uh, frosting, with all kinds of little accessories. And I know it has something to do with your business, but I'm really eager to hear what it is. And then more importantly, I'm kind of curious what it is that you might be struggling with. So what am I dealing with here, Christina? Well, thank you so much, first of all, for inviting me on, Mark. This is truly an honor to be here. Um, but yeah, I'm so glad that you enjoyed the box that you received today. So essentially, The Messy Cookie is my business that is a virtual team building event provider and custom cookie bake shop. Basically, if you will, I was a back in 2018, I started decorating cookies uh, for fun and turned it into a little bit of a side business. But I actually have a background as a sommelier giving wine tastings. And I love people and I love hanging with people and engaging them. And it was only a matter of time before I decided to introduce cookie decorating through the world of cookie ice nights uh, to my clients. And when the pandemic hit, Wayfair reached out to see if I would do a virtual event with them. And it has been running ever since. So let me make sure I have this right. So this is basically, I'm saying, okay, gosh, I want to do a team building event, but my team is scattered all over the place. And so we can't do trust falls and we can't do all those sort of things. What can we do? And a messy cookie to the rescue. You send one of these boxes, these little, little boxes, about a foot square. Um, with cookies and frosting, and then everybody gets on Zoom together and frosts? Yes, that is it. You really have it in a nutshell. It's not exactly rocket science, but people love it, especially adults, and it is so much fun. So, um, yeah, so essentially, I bake all of the sugar cookies, and I have sourced a shelf-stable buttercream frosting, So, which that took a couple years to figure out the right way. But uh, yeah, essentially, I mean, I have worked with companies that have team members. Oh my gosh, I just shipped a couple kits to Tel Aviv. Um, but all across the world, probably about 10 to 15 different countries now. 
Uh, and yeah, we hang out on Zoom or Google Hangout, Google Meet, whatever, and uh, just have a really good time. And I walk everybody through it. Now, I do want to mention that one of my favorite things is that depending on the kind of the context of your team, like some teams are kind of new to meeting each other or a little more reserved. They want more of like a class structure, which is kind of how it all started. <laughs> but lately I have introduced a competition and that has been going wild. If you notice, you should have a crown in that kit as well in an envelope. <laughs> Is it in this little pink envelope that very conspicuously says, do not open? Is that the one <laughs> yes, you're talking about? That's okay. exactly I didn't, I didn't what I'm open talking about. I, I behave myself and I listen to instructions. Absolutely. And we can dive into that later. But I just wanted to mention that I think it's become the competition style has become very popular in the last couple months. Well, I've got to say, you mentioned something that made me wish I had had you on two or three years ago, because I, I, if this had been a wine tasting... Now, that would be up my alley. Um, and in terms of Break the Ice events, here's my genius tip for you. You combine the two. Maybe vodka tasting and cookie decorating. Genius. All That's right. actually a really great idea to combine wine tasting with cookies. I don't know why I haven't done it myself. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe you could formulate the frosting. Okay, that's my mic drop moment. But we're here to talk about you, Christina. Because um, obviously, are you bumping into some problems or what can I help you with? Well, thank you. I, uh, you know, I would, I actually want to assure that I'm not, I wouldn't say it's problems that I'm finding my way into, but I am struggling with kind of some mental blocks, if you will. So I have a bit of a background in marketing as well. And so I'm very comfortable in the B2C marketing space. Like if you ordered a dozen custom cookies for your daughter's, you know, 30th birthday, I feel comfortable marketing to you all day long, building a relationship with you. But I'm finding that in this B2B space where, believe it or not, it's not HR who's reaching out to me. It is a director of a team of engineers, right? It's these people who are given budgets from their higher companies, the powers that be. And, you know, planning an event is not actually like the biggest thing on their list. So I don't know how to feel like I have permission to build more of a relationship with them, market that to them. We all know that retaining a client is much less expensive than getting new ones. And I just, while I've had a handful of repeat clients, I'm just trying to see if you have ideas on ways that I can better that relationship. Well, what you're talking about is kind of this classic um, phase change that most companies have to go through, or certainly ones who start out the way you are, where you have a product, and all of a sudden the product is taking up, taking off. But usually a product is not a company. Or more specifically, a product is not a brand. So the thing that you're struggling with, uh, which you describe as how do I convert a one-time purchase into a relationship, could perhaps be better thought of as how do I convert a product into a brand? And the quick answer to that is you either have to figure out some way to have your product scale across multiple circumstances. In other words, have it be something that someone is willing to do over and over again. So, for example, had you stuck with the wine tasting business, 
wine tasting, in fact, is a scalable business because it isn't like you taste wine once and you're done. Well, no, this month we're tasting Chardonnay. Next month we're going to taste uh, Bordeaux. Now we're going to taste uh, different, uh, uh, all different varietals from the same vineyard. In other words, it's almost infinite. You could go to a wine tasting every single week for your entire life and never get to the bottom of it. Um, so the trick is here, how do you figure out a product which has someone who wants to do it more than once? Or how do you expand your product line? And unfortunately, I think you're going to have to choose one of those two paths to, um, to bring the company down. So not, I don't mean bring it down. I mean, to bring it forward. <laughs> uh, in, in other words, let, let's, take, let me two, let's, take, let's start with the second scenario. You do. You have seen the types of groups that have ordered this. I mean, have you ever thought to yourself what else they might want that you might be able to deliver? Uh, so, yes. As a matter of fact, um, yes. I, so I have <laughs> thought of it. Um, I also. So the the wine tasting business that I was a part of, I worked for another company. Um, and so that being said, I, uh, however, I did have an, another business before this and I'm something that I'm trying to do this time around is I'm trying to make sure I don't just see a cool idea and change my direction. Right. But that being said, as far as, um, offering other styles of events, that's actually why I got into offering the competition. Um, right. That being said, um, I have not considered offering like other styles of team building events, but I do think that it would be very possible. Um, I have a business plan laid out where the goal is really to hire more cookie guides. I have uh, an employee right now, and that's kind of her direction that she wants to go. But with that, the idea of offering more products as well, I am investing in a tool that will cut cookie decorating down time down considerably and so this machine will enable it so that i can produce decorated cookies at just such a higher capacity just such a higher scale without like putting hours into every single set um so i'm kind of thinking that one of the directions that it might be worth to go is okay let's say they want to have a conversation because they're looking for a team building event but can i sit down you know on a call with these uh prospects and and really use that discovery call to find out other ways that they try to engage with their team members. Like, what do they do for team birthdays? What do they do for, and not to say, oh, let's do a cookie party for everyone, right? Not necessarily that, but can I send out, uh, you know, a dozen branded cookies on the first of each month to all of their employees with birthdays that month, or even just one cookie, right? Like, all right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stop you for a second. Mm -hmm. Okay. Here's what I want you to think about. What kind of a company are you? Mm. And I don't want to necessarily know what kind of company you think you are. What kind of a company do you think your customers think you are? What are they buying? And don't say cookies. I'm not delivering cookies. They think of me as an experience. They think of me as a break from reality, as a break from the grind of 50 to 60 hour work weeks that their employees are undoubtedly pulling. Well, see, that's the key thing here is 
reason I stopped you a few moments ago is because you were going down how to make the cookie experience different or better. And yes, of course you should be thinking about that, but that's a different thing than what you need to be doing in order to say, how do I turn this from a product into a brand? And to turn it from a product into a brand, you have to understand in your heart what that brand promise is. And the definition you just gave me was pretty good. You know, we basically are a distraction from real life. We allow you to, for 15 minutes, take your mind off the business problems and just have fun with your coworkers. And what you want is for companies all over the world, when they think, oh, I really would love to have some distraction, to turn to you, to come to your website and browse all the different ways that you've designed for them to do it. Um, as opposed to thinking, oh, we need a cookie decorating company. Uh, and you'll be the first one they choose for that, but they're only going to choose that once because then the next time they're going to want to go with the uh, treasure hunt and then they're going to want to go with the fill in the blank. And I think it's your job to begin to say, what are those other categories of experiences that I can offer. But that's the generic advice. What you have to do, and this is the clever part, and this is what will make the business thrive or not, is you have to look at the adjacencies, which is ask yourself for someone who has already bought a cookie experience, knowing that they actually went for a cookie experience what could I offer them which is the most likely one that they'll step into? In other words, rather than saying we're going to offer bespoke scavenger hunts, maybe, but those aren't naturally connected. You can't jump from one to the other naturally. Whereas there might, wine tasting, uh, uh, legality aside, so I know there's all kinds of questionable things about that, but there's a reasonable adjacency in that it's this group experience of trying something. But that's the clever part, is looking at things that you could be good at, looking at things that the customers will give you permission to do. And then where it gets really interesting is once you have two or three of these, is change the order. Go, it's really hard to sell cookies because no one knows what the hell I'm talking about, but I'll start off by selling this. And then from there it goes to cookies or cookies are too expensive or this one's expensive, but I'll start with the cheap one. And once my foot's in the door, you, know, I mean, you, you understand where I'm going with this. You're a marketing person, so. I do. And it's so interesting because I, I was, you know, prepping for this and I was thinking about, you know, what are my main competitors? And my main competitors are not cookie decorating classes. This is not a very common thing that you find. My main competitors are consumable team building events, right? So are there ways that I can break into those that I already have a skill in, right? Like not learning something new, but that I can, like, why would I not? If it's, and I think this is part of where I think I'm feeling too cautious of, oh, well, just because something sounds exciting, you don't necessarily want to dive down that path. But maybe it is time to add something else to the mix that would make people interested in doing something with me again. It's interesting because, uh, you know, normally my byword is focus, you know, pick this one thing and drill, drill, drill. But you've done that. You've spent um, a lot, two years now, 
really understanding how to make cookie decorating work and you're still getting better at it. Like you said, you, this discovery about the competition. So yes, you're going to keep on doing that. And the only reason I'm now saying maybe you begin thinking about the adjacencies is because you've brought up the fact that you're looking for ways to now get repeat business from customers you've already um, already worked with. And I think that's the natural way um, to do it. Another one, of course, is to say, what other uses could someone use for the cookie thing? But I, I really don't think that's what oh, people are thinking of you, um, of you as. I'll, I'll throw out one more idea, and then we can kind of decide whether we want to explore in more depth to either of them, is you mentioned how interesting it was that the person who ends up being the decision maker tends to be you know, the department head. It's not human resources. It's nothing like that. But there may be, in fact, someone, there may be pockets of companies for whom there is a central decision maker who is in doing things for multiple groups and selling to them allows you to uh, continue doing it. I, I don't like the idea of cookie of birthday celebration of the week because then you are the cookie company. And, and I shouldn't say that. If you want to be the cookie company, then you're going down the right path too which is what are other ways I could, I'm taking my expertise in delivering cookies and how do I double down on that? Yeah, I, mean, I do a birthday pack and then we do a, a whole do kids' birthday parties. Well, but it just feels like that's not kind of where you are going. Yeah, I, I you know, I have never thought, I mean, I have thought of some wild stuff and I have never thought to introduce other styles of team building events. I'm I'm just so excited that almost like I'm being given permission to explore that, you know? <laughs> I have thought about, okay, I have thought about like, you know, like being able to do cupcake decorating, right? It's still in the bakery sphere and whatever. And I don't think that's a problem, but you know, just the idea that that this is not only something that should be I have like a bulletin board in the back of my brain that I like pin ideas on, you know, but like it's worth taking off the board, you know, it's worth re-examining. And, you know, something that I I sensed very early on in the business was, great, you're booking an event with me. I can tell that your team members love it, but I want to hear from them if they would do this again. So these uh, essentially, I would send out a survey to all of the, uh, you know, to all the participants and asking, you know, if this were available with another theme, would you host it again? Would you be interested? And everyone was like resounding, yes, blah, blah, blah. But that I can still all do. But what if I can refer you to a different type of consumable event and not just hope that you're going to want to decorate cookies three times a year? Like, that's not realistic. This whole sense of focus uh, of adjacency is, is that you're saying, okay, there's cookie team building, then there's team building, but there could be a, a, a more overlapping Venn diagram, which is a uh, consumable team building or decorating team building. The, 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 the definition for what goes on your bulletin board and actually gets used are ones that you A, have expertise in, and that B, the definition is someone who did your cookie one may do the other one. I mean, that's the trick. And you might say, this is kind of cool. So maybe I do a, 
I can't even think of another one, cupcakes. And the question isn't, oh, that sounds interesting. The question is, does it work? Does someone who does a cookie one week come back six weeks later and do cupcakes? And then six weeks later, they do a pizza. I mean, I, whatever. But the point yeah. is, what comes next? And I'll, I'll mention what I've mentioned a lot, which is ask your customers, what other team building events have you done in the last two years? What did people like? What worked? Um, so that will give you lots of ideas about, they'll say, oh, we did this great one where we all went to the zoo. Well, I can't offer that. But if they go, we did this great one where someone mailed us this and we did the following. Wow, I might be able to do that. And then I have permission. I'm in the door. Here's other things I can do for you. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think that, I also think I would feel more excited to reach out to these people that I've built a basic relationship with if I can say, hey, also, you know, there's this new cool thing that I'm offering, right? Like, does this interest you? I mean, that's a genuine question, right? And I think that's the problem with not wanting to feel spammy. I want this marketing to be genuine and, you know, and that's, that feels like it's coming from a very real place of wanting to share this with them. I, I agree. And just as long as you keep in mind that, that the people did not hire you because they love cookies. And so you could tell them all the cookie stuff you're doing. They came to you because you did a great job building the team for them. And they want to work with you again to do that. Um, the, the one interesting thing, which I just kind of recognize is a huge benefit you have is you don't just have the name of the person who bought the package. You have the name of every single person who participated. That's unbelievably powerful in terms of the virality um, there and the terms of your ability to market out to those people. But if they'd like to run um, an event. I do, but I'm very, um, I'm very sensitive to like, you know, these people were essentially obligated to give me their information. And so I don't love the idea of marketing to attendees who weren't like, so there have been attendees in that survey where I say, hey, would you like to sign up for my email list? And they do. And that's great. Those people, I'm happy to, you know, to market to them all day long. But regardless, it is a great place to be. And it does mean that I can have conversations with these event planners, you know, whoever is responsible to get permission to, you know, send a final email to them. And maybe in that email, I give them an email sign up link, you know, if you'd like to hear from me more or whatever. So the box that I received, that's a standard I didn't get a special Mark Randolph box, correct? Correct. Well, there is a little note in there for you, but besides the note, that's correct. That is a standard. That actually is a duplicate of a set that went out to a company uh, the other day. Because lo just looking at this thing, and for the people who can't see what I'm doing, I'll try and describe it. So you got a package here of it looks like six shortbready type cookies. And they're very cute. They're in the shape of a... They're, I hope you, that Twitter is paying you a little commission for them being in the <laughs> shape of the little Twitter logo here little birds. Uh, I've got three little containers here of this um, shelf-stable frosting, mm -hmm. uh, a purple, white, and it's beautiful blue. And then I've got my little packet someplace here, which I've lost already. Oh, here it is uh, with my applicator sticks. Uh, and maybe there's this appears to be some frosting. Uh, oh, little, little, little uh, Jimmy's uh, 
floating around in there. <laughs> uh, but the reason I and it's, it's kind of nicely packaged, and this the kind of kind of pink confetti stuff that's going to end up all over my rug. Um, but what's missing is the cross promotional things, and yes. I understand the hesitancy about spamming people who were forced to give you their address so you could ship them a box of cookies. But certainly you could put a card in here that says, I'd love to stay in touch, sign up for the mailing list. You certainly could put a card in here that says, if you'd like to have an event like this for one of your groups or a kid's party or a, a, a um, shower, whatever the case is, I would certainly not miss the opportunity because as anyone knows, the moment you open a box and you see all the goodies inside is the moment of peak excitement. And that's the very, very, very best time to speak to someone as opposed to trying to get their attention when they're uh, dealing with someone else's product or someone else's service. So at the very least, you're missing an opportunity by not uh, doing something in the box. Great point. Absolutely. <laughs> So, uh, Christina, have I given you enough to kind of perhaps send you off in a slightly uh, different direction? It sounds like maybe I gave you permission to take some of the crazy ideas you've already had and run with some of them. I, you really have. I am so excited to see where I'm going to go from here. Um, the next, well, okay, now there are other next steps, right? Like now there are new next steps. But before this call, the next step for the company is... Uh, I'm moving into a permanent location where the kitchen and all the good stuff for production is going to be happening all together. But the next step is that I'm going to be hiring to be able to scale the business. And um, that is what it is. And I'm excited and nervous and all those normal feelings. That being said, I am curious your input. You have talked to a couple people on the podcast about the idea of funding, et cetera. I don't know that I'm at that kind of a place in the business. And I, but I don't know. I suppose what I'm trying to ask you is when do you know that you're at a place to consider looking into, even if it's through a loan, I, I'm applying to a couple grants, right? Um, or the idea of actual funding through investing. And, you know, I've just, I've spoken to a couple very passionate business owners who are on either team A, which is, Hold on to your equity as long as you can. Never give it up. You know, you want to be very careful with it. And recently I've spoken to a few who are, let's say, if you're not willing to let it go, you're not willing to grow. <laughs> um, so I'm just curious if you have a thought on that. I feel like I'm not quite there yet, especially with these new things I want to work on introducing. But do you have any thoughts? Of course I do. I have thoughts on everything. <laughs> um, so first of all, holding on to equity is ridiculous as a reason for not wanting to raise money. I mean, I would way rather have 50% of a billion dollar business than 100% of a million dollar business. Um, it, it, I shouldn't say that. I said that is, depending upon where you sit on that continuum would answer the question. You might say, no, I'd rather stay very, very small and be beholden to no one. In that case, your answer is no, don't raise money. But in, for the most part, if you're looking to scale, if you're looking to grow, why not have someone help you? Why not have someone else along for the ride? And fine, if they participate, it, it ends up being, you know, using the accounting term, very accretive to you. 
Um, the decision I think to make money is very, very different than that. Is should you do you first of all do you know exactly what the money is meant to accomplish, and and it really is is it meant to discover something, or is it meant to expand something that you already know, and it certainly sounds like it's to expand something you already know. So the more detailed question I would ask yourself is, is the lack of funding what is truly holding you back? If you said, for example, oh my gosh, I have got orders, I have interest, I could be doing 50 times as many of these parties, but right now I've got my little kitchen in my uh, apartment uh, running 12 hours a day just to keep up with what I have. I can't do it. I need to expand. I have the demand. I just need the money to scale that way. Well, in that case, no brainer. Uh, absolutely. That's one thing. If, however, you're saying, I suspect there might be more business out there. And so I want to raise money to do more marketing. I want to, I'm going to build this big kitchen and see if it comes. That's a lot scarier. And in fact, I would discourage that. I would at your stage be saying, if I have demand, if I, as I as described before, if you've built this machine and you know that you put a dollar in, turn the crank and a dollar 50 is going to come out, you're ready for that. And you may be, you may already have a working formula. But if you're uncertain and this money is just to figure it out or find out, wow, I would not want to have the obligation to the person you've taken the money from um, for it to work until you have some certainty about what's out there. Totally makes sense. Thank you so much. That's the most clear response I've received and really <laughs> helps me feel very a lot more confident. So thank you. Well, good. Uh, don't be scared of it. And don't be scared <laughs> of taking the risk. Just be really clear. You know, the worst case is when someone goes, I have this great idea. So I need to borrow, I need to raise $2 million to find out if my idea is any good. It's like, oh my God, if I had hair left, I'd pull it out right then and there. It, that's disastrous. <laughs> if someone says, oh, oh, I tried this, I've done it myself, I've worked in my kitchen, I've figured it all out, and I've got the formula, I'm ready to now accelerate what I'm already doing and I already know works, that's an obvious one. And then things fall in between and that's where it gets tricky. Oh, great. Thank you. It is my pleasure. So uh, in a minute, I'm going to go back and finish this cookie, which I've so artfully decorated. Uh, I, I don't know. I, do, I get, do I get to wear my crown uh, for this piece of art? You sure do. Oh, that shucks. has earned it. You have officially won <laughs> the cookie decorating extraordinaire. <laughs> Well, if I had a sound effects apartment, I would cue the, the trumpets. <laughs> there we go. There goes more king of the cookie decorating. Well, Christina, listen, th thanks so much for coming on. Thanks for sending me the cookie kit. I happen to know uh, someone downstairs is going to be very, very happy to see this. Um, and I'm really eager to find out what happens. So let's maybe check back in again sometime in the coming year and uh, hear how it went. That sounds great, Mark. I love that idea. Thank you so much and enjoy all those cookies and uh, <laughs> I look forward to reconnecting. Good luck, Christina. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. Well, that was fun. Christina got a few tips, which I hope can grow her business and 
I got some tasty treats of my own. But listen, if you've got something cooking that you'd like to talk about, I'd love to have you on the show. Simply come to markrandolph.com forward slash guest to apply. If you enjoy hearing about the topics in the show, why not read the book that inspired it? The paperback edition of That Will Never Work, The Birth of Netflix and the Amazing Life of an Idea is out now for purchase online and in all good bookstores. And did you know there's also a video version of what you heard today? Check it out at YouTube forward slash Mark Randolph. There's new episodes every Tuesday. And finally, if you'd like to get my entrepreneurial tips in short form, follow me on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, and yes, even TikTok. group.